I guess we'll get started. I'm recording this, so even though you guys will enjoy it, I'll hopefully we'll be able to share it with the world anyway, even though they don't want to come to see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're recording all the panels. Uh, I were, I'm with a podcast, The Dollar Ben. I guess I'll face you guys while I do the intro. Uh, I'm, in a, I'm the podcast, The Dollar Ben, and uh, we're doing a lot of the panel recordings for the show. So if you missed a panel, feel free to uh, check us out. It should get up in the next week or two, depending on how busy I get. Um, if you want to share this panel with everybody, you know, we'll post that and you can tell everybody how awesome it was and what they missed and the huge crowd. How incredible it's going to be. <laughs> Standing room only. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we'll get all those posted. I've got uh, these little flyers everywhere laying around that people have just been kind of tossing aside and uh, some business cards and stuff. But, um, but yeah, we also do a lot of interviews over like Skype and the internet. So if you're interested in, uh, I really like breaking down process. So if you're interested in things like that, then, uh, and that's kind of what we try to do. But uh, th- tonight, today, tonight, let me, day still. Tonight. Still day. Five. <laughs> dinner time. That's time. <laughs> dinner time. For 42-year-olds. For <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to discuss color art. And um, I, I'll tell you, I love colorists. They're great people. Um, they're really friendly. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, I did uh, the first color art panel I ever moderated was at heroes con a few years ago. Um, Laura was on it and Brian was on it. Rico was running around running a convention, I believe. So Mm -hmm. he wasn't on, he stopped in for a little bit. Yep. And then, uh, I just met Megan uh, a couple years ago, but, um, we'll go ahead and let's introduce everybody. I kind of did it, but, um, we'll have them (laughs) go a little bit more detail than I did. And I'm going to start with Rico because he looks busy. <laughs> My name is Rico Renzi. I am currently the colorist of Spider-Gwen, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, and Howard the Duck. <laughs> Three books. Three awesome books. And I work a nine-to-five. And wow. Yeah, and he, and he organizes <laughs> Heroes Con. And I have a wife and a 10-year-old daughter. Oh, my gosh. Who he actually spends time with. That is amazing. <laughs> and uh, I'm Brian Reber. I'm an exclusive colorist for Valiant Comics. I currently work on... Imperium, Unity, Exo Man of War, and Ivar Timewalker, and pretty much everything else they send my way. Are you the only exclusive colorist of Valiant still? Uh, I think David Barron might be exclusive now, but I'm top dog. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) And Megan? I'm Megan Wilson. And I also work a nine to five, but I'm not as crazy as Rico and don't have nearly as much stuff going on in the color world. I just finished a book and then Emily was gone and do miscellaneous covers and small things here and there. And Laura. Hey, I'm Laura Martin. Uh, I'm currently on uh, Star Wars and uh, what else? Ragnarok, which is an IDW book with Walt Simonson. And I am just starting on Spawn with... uh, Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, cool. that's, that's different. Cool. That's brand new. That's, I did not know that. Nobody knew that, that until just now. Exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> this is the John Boy spawn? Yeah, it's the John Boy spawn. Yep, yeah. yep. Exactly. John Boy Myers oh. is the artist on it. And, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, pretty exciting. I mean, oh. I used to, that's right, I used to read spawn <laughs> back in the day, so it's kind of fun to actually, you know, get my hands on them, as it were. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, um. At the Dollar Bin, we do a annual awards thing, and uh, we have a Colorist of the Year award, which Laura won three or four years in a row. 
So um, we've had to go ahead and remove her. <laughs> we've had to remove her from the running, yes. and it is now the Laura Martin Colorist of the Year Award, and she is no longer allowed to win it. Rico won last year. I did? Yeah. I told you this. Did so I get like a trophy? Or I a crown, tiara? I don't know. Have you got one yet? I did not get my You went tiara. three more, and it'll be named don't, after you. Laura well, well, has to bring it to my house. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring you my tiara. <laughs> um... So I guess um, the first thing I want to do is talk about how it is that you guys got into being colorists. So who wants to start with that? How did you become a colorist? Um, I'll, I'll start, start, I guess. I, I, I kind of know Megan's story. I like your story. is a good story, too, though. That's cool. Um, <laughs> I'm mine, mine is horrible. I'll, I'll start because I'm, I'm the one who's been in the longest, I guess. Uh, this is my 20th year in comics. So um, basically, I was in school for graphic design. I thought I was going to be working at some advertising firm after I was done. That was kind of my goal at the time. Uh, I'd read comics, but not I wasn't into them at the time until I started working at Kinko's, and some friends got me really into the image movement at the time. And uh, it didn't occur to me until I, until I was reading again that more than one person did the art. So suddenly it was like a light went off in my head, and I was like, oh, oh, this is something I could totally do. So... Uh, I talked to my dean and changed my senior project to a comic book for my entire senior year. And uh, uh, long story short, once I graduated, I took my little portfolio and I went out to Wildstorm out in California and uh, showed him my stuff. And they hired me and I was a staff colorist there for six years. So I don't there's not a whole lot of staff jobs anymore out there for colorists. So, you know, that was this was way back when there was actually staff jobs for colorists. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, when you started your your coloring career mm-hmm. you were uh laura dupuy i was yes and very good on the pronunciation thank you yep. yeah I, um, i've drilled that in that's right I was, uh, and funny story when i was at cross gen that's when i got married and uh i for like one issue i was laura dupuy martin and i was like that's dumb so uh let's get that but there was a reviewer who actually reviewed i think it was ruse 13 and he was like yeah the colors whoever this laura martin is she's okay but she can't hold a candle to laura dupuy and i was like <laughs> i had to email him i'm like it's, it's me <laughs> But have you have you have you won an Eisner since you were Laura Martin? Um, yeah, I I won in two thousand in two thousand two. So yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. thought that was really funny. Like yeah. thinking back, it's yeah. just like because yeah, early on you had yeah. you, 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 I was yeah, I was pretty crazy back then. Yeah, yeah. But then now you've got more competition. I do. You've got guys like Brian Reaver. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. With an exclusive contract. I know. How'd you get involved in coloring, Brian? Uh. It's kind of a long way. <laughs> I, I, I tried penciling and inking and coloring with markers, like when I was straight out of high school. And uh, I sat in on a signing with Claus Jansen. Well, I didn't sat in. I went to a signing with Claus Jansen, and he took about three hours reviewing my portfolio and wow. going over pencils, inks. Nice. And uh, he got to the back of it and I had two pages of markers. He's like, man, if you could do this on a computer, you'd be a professional colorist. And I was like, I don't know how to use a computer. So I actually didn't want to be a colorist. And I pretty much gave up on comics. I took about seven years off. But in that time, I learned computers. And I ended up working IT support at Lockheed Martin as an exchange administrator. I had a full career with them. And on my second computer, I dabbled in Photoshop. And uh, I'd browse art forums. And people were like, yeah, they're doing comics and in Photoshop and digital now. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, I can dabble in Photoshop. And about <laughs> two months later, I got my first professional gig. That's what amazing. was that doing? And that was uh, Radix for Image Comics. And then that led to Runaways and Thor at Marvel. And 10 years after that, I'm 
exclusive at Valiant. <laughs> um, Rico, how would you uh, how would you say you got started being a colorist? Uh, I drew as a kid, and I would kind of rush to get to the coloring part because <laughs> you know, like so. Then my pencils would smear all over the place because I didn't have any patience, and uh, and then I started. Um, you know, just getting tired of the drawing part. So I would just color like photocopies of like Stelfreeze and Pearson's. They did this Gaijin portfolio like mm -hmm. in the early 90s, I guess. Mm -hmm. And and I just made copies of them and practiced coloring with markers on them. And I showed them to Jason and Brian. And uh, Brian said, you should try to do some sequential stuff. So I did his Daredevil black and white story. And I brought it to him like, Mr. Stelfreeze. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I usually hate when people do this, but I actually like this. And uh, like he, we talked like that night, like we went into a, a room at the Westin and or the Hilton. I can't remember which one, but we just uh, like here is Con, right? Yeah. But he just gave me like a crit and you know went in on it and said what was good, what was bad, and then uh, I taught myself Photoshop while I was working at Kinko's, like Laura. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked third shift and yep. just when I would finish <laughs> when I finished my work, I would just you know learn how to use Photoshop yep. and so did you learn Photoshop on your job <laughs> no and, and I also don't have the Kinko's backstory oh. and then uh I my, my first pro work was coloring uh, Legends of the Dark Knight covers with my buddy Chris Brunner so that was your first pro work wow. yeah was so that... I designed his website and then he got this gig doing Dark Knight and I you know, I said, do you think I could color the book? And Chiarello was not into me coloring the interiors, but he gave me the covers. So nice. that was, I did five or six covers for that. And you've been working with Chris ever since. When oh. Chris draws stuff, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to color it. Well, I talked to him because I just did a covers panel with uh -huh. Chris earlier, and I talked to him about you being basically his exclusive colorist. Mm -hmm. I'm exclusive with Chris <laughs> <laughs> It does not pay as well as value, I'm sure. Uh, it's yeah. not steady work, but uh, <laughs> it's, it is my favorite stuff to color. Yeah. <laughs> and then Megan, uh, you kind of color as a hobby almost, but it turned into more than that, right? What happened there? I'd like to hear your rendition of my backstory. <laughs> okay. Let's see what I remember. Yes. All right. So you are some sort of engineer. <laughs> that is trade. true. Of which true. I've already forgotten, even though we just talked about it. Yeah, I, I did give you, like, the yeah. cliff notes before. Um, so Megan's local here. She lives in Greenville. Uh, you work at GE. You're uh, some sort of weird genius. genius engineer person. Can I be an evil genius? Yes, I don't see <laughs> Thank you, not. thank you. Um, you were hanging out on some, some sort of artboard thing. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll just tell the story. I got it. <laughs> and, uh, and, so, and so, so you're talking to like, so it was like uh, Nick Patera and um, Joe Isma and a lot of those guys. And Nick said, you should try coloring. And then you did. And now you're a colorist. If we skip the middle, that's, that's pretty true, yeah. The middle? So, so, <laughs> uh, so, so I was at work one day and somebody in the cubicle you know Allie was talking about going to the comic shop at lunch and I'd never been and uh I wanted to go and I think they thought I was making fun of them at first but I finally convinced them to let me go too and I think that was early 2012 so I went in and of course I was oh my gosh this is awesome running around picking up everything and um you know I was here in, in town 
And then um, shortly thereafter, Manhattan Projects came out, and I really liked that book. And then I went to Heroes a few months later, my first con. It all happened really fast. I met Nick Patera and said, I love your book. I do science. We're like twins. <laughs> and uh, and so, you know, we we got to talking, and then he said, hey, you know, you should try to learn to color. And I'm pretty good with computers and software and such. And so I started just messing with it, and I'm still learning, but kind of trial by fire i guess and you just started coloring yeah so it is true that it is it is his fault you got that part of the story <laughs> right but remember, uh, yeah yeah sure and then and you kind of you and i've talked and you say you know it's a different part of the brain kind of mm-hmm. right than yeah. than your regular day job yeah so it's kind of nice for you to kind of switch yeah and it's it's you know at times not a relaxing hobby but it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely nice a nice change of pace from you know pure science and numbers and all of that into kind of more visual type stuff. So had, I mean, being that you'd never colored anything and someone was like, Hey, you should try coloring this. How did you switch that on? I mean, my, my goal was just to figure out how to, how to use the software, how to, you know, do all of the different things. As far as the color part, I mean, I'm still learning and I just slide stuff around and try to figure it out. <laughs> and do you, so, did you like reference other people's work to like try to mimic it or anything like that? In a way, yes. Um, I think probably the biggest thing that helped me as far as reference was, you know, lighting and things like that or something that were not that intuitive to me at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started watching a lot of, of anime that does just simple cell shading with hard cuts mm-hmm. and watching how shadows move and stuff. And so that was a big, I think, reference for me. And as far as other people's work, you know, I look at stuff and I don't screenshot things or anything because I think you have the tendency to become too much like them. But, you know, making notes of things along the way that you see that you like and then pulling pieces from stuff. And then one of the things that always fascinated me about coloring is how much work you guys actually do that I don't think you get credit for. All of it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a lot of times it it just looks like the page isn't complete. It's very empty until you guys add the color to it. I mean, sure, the penciler lays it out. The inker gives a little bit of depth to it, maybe shades it some. But it doesn't feel complete. And I know, like, especially, um, like, where I've seen where Laura, there's incomplete aspects of a page that don't exist until Mm -hmm. you put them in there. Yeah. Like, make this circle a planet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I worked on this one book called... uh, um, JLA something or the world's collide or whatever. I can't remember. Anyway, there's like a huge double page spread and it's all these planets that are supposed to be lined up on this string like a DNA strand, right? Who had to paint all the freaking planets? They were all just circles when I started. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been given a, a page that had, it was just a box. Mm-hmm. And the script says, they open the box and you see the universe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a whole lot of galaxies in my, uh, in my morgue file for that purpose. Yeah, exactly. I, I need to get some box. of them. I need to get some of them galaxies from y'all. I'll send you them. I'll send you the one Haverland sent to me. So. <laughs> and then Chris Brunner, when we were doing the covers, he was talking about the, um, the uh, oh, my gosh, the Winter Soldier cover he did. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically the direction that he got from that was – Winter, make Winter Soldier look cool. Did he, did he pass that direction on to you after he sketched it up? Yes. So, so you handled but that. I, I made him look like um, Galaxy guy from the Galaxy Rangers because Mark Chiarello worked on it. And anytime, oh, nice. anytime I can give Mark Chiarello like a shout, like I try to. Because nice. so, so I gave him like the yellow arm. He worked on Galaxy Rangers. Wow. You didn't know That's that, awesome. no. man. <laughs> 
watch them credits, son. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what kind of direction do you guys get as colorists when uh, when you get when you get to work? Do they tell you what to color, or do you kind of feel it out? It depends on who you're working with. Yeah. We have some people that are like every tiny detail, mm-hmm. they got, and then they send you reference for every little thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have other guys that are just like, uh, I don't know anything about color. Just do whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. did an issue, and I didn't get reference that the penciler got. So all the costumes I did were different colors than oh. what he had. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I fixed them. <laughs> How do you mess up the Fantastic Four? <laughs> <laughs> what, um, do you guys have an average amount of time that it takes you to do a page that, you, that you've kind of calculated? I, um, it's again, it depends on the art. Some of the I art takes me forever. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some art takes me forever and some art goes really fast. So I think I'm averaging at this point. I guess if I were to take a, a you know, a, is it mean or medium? I don't even know. Um, I'm asking them. Medium. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. That one. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm averaging about three hours a page still, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, again, some pages take me eight hours, some take me an hour and a half, you know? So it all depends on what's on the page and how much extra stuff has to go into it. And, and who the artist is. If it's super, super detailed, it's going to take forever. And do you guys use flatters? Oh, yeah. 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 So basically, I don't know if you're familiar with flatting, but flatting yeah. is the sort of the primary <laughs> stage before coloring. It's, it's so we send the pages off to a flatter to lay in the basic, not even the right colors, but just basic colors to separate shapes on the page. So it looks like a little bit like a Sunday comic, um, but there's, there's, no, there's no shading, there's no lighting, there's no effects, there's nothing on it. And they can pick whatever colors they want because, or some of them flatten grayscale sometimes even, uh, just so it makes our job picking those shapes out uh, easier. So we don't have to constantly go back and lasso everything with the lasso tool and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, I think uh, in order for us to maintain the schedule that we have, we have to have somebody do sort of that preliminary step. And I make it a point to tell my flatters, don't use colors that you think would be what I would want because I'm I have to make those decisions you know it's it's up to me to to choose the color scheme so you know most of my colors come up with some crazy stuff do they still (laughs) stick things kind of even like if it's like a a a bed post and a bed post they they do both bed posts the same color yeah yeah I prefer that that. sometimes Um, I do have one guy who who makes all regardless of who the character is he makes all the flesh the same color so I have to go in and separate each character out but I'm like just yeah I like the the bed post to be the same color on every page if that bed post yeah. appears again yeah. but yeah like if everybody's the same color that's you just have to think of it hopefully the flyer thinks of it like it's a different person yeah and they should so when i select that person with the magic wand it doesn't select every person on the page right exactly <laughs> yeah that's kind of a pain. but yeah that's that's a huge and in, in integral part of of coloring and getting our jobs done i mean i don't I yeah. have no idea how many books I could do if I had to flat them all myself. Right. <laughs> it, it takes me longer to flat a page yeah. than it does to color a page. Yeah. So it's a pretty necessary, even if you were going to do it start to finish, to flat it first and then color oh, yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the only time I don't flat a page is if there, if it's really painterly. Um, and, I, and I expect or I'm asked to separate elements like I need this character on a separate layer and I need this background on a separate layer. Then I'll do everything in layers. But um, that's really the only time that I'll either flat myself or not flat at all. Because then I have the advantage of layers. So even with covers, you'll get a, you'll get it flat. Oh yeah, flatters on covers. Yeah, sometimes I'll flat sometimes, myself. If it's yeah. if it's something due right away, yeah. I'll go ahead and flat it. And I kind of like if I have time, I want to do a cover myself usually. Yeah, I don't know why. Save the, <laughs> save the ten bucks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I do the easy pages because I'm like I'm not sending this out. I can do this one. 
You know. I always tell my editors, I was like, because they'll send me pages day of, and I was like, it's going to take me three times as long to do that page because I got to fight it. It won't, but that's what yeah. it tells <laughs> me. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. When we comes a time and everyone wants to know how fast it takes me to do a page, when I first started out, I always tell, uh, it takes me like maybe four hours, but like, I would, yeah. I, I Scotty him from like yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, like, yeah. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. <laughs> and then, you yeah. know, I'll send in and knock out three pages in three hours. Yeah. But, I tried not to tell editors, and yeah, when, I, when I see people that. tweet like, "Yeah, I just did eleven pages a day," it's like, "Don't tell your editor. Just keep that to yourself." Because once they find out how fast you are, <laughs> yeah, then they depend on that. Yes. Oh yeah. And then they just slam you with work. Yep. What What do they average? What do they expect on a turnaround for a page? <sighs> for me, they expect me to be able to do like four pages from scratch in a day. But... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they'd really like that. And how many uh, do they give like, you the whole book? Yeah, they want. The, I think the average is like. They'd really love to have a book a week out of us, like five days to do a book. And that's um, that's asking a lot. <laughs> like, what, 20 pages? That, that's yeah, my schedule. 22 pages, <laughs> yeah, plus a cover. You know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, that's that's a little rough. That's why we work weekends a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, I see you guys online We're pretty late very often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Posts and stuff. Rico, how do you do it? Because yeah. we just talked about it. you're That's you're you're organizing HeroesCon. I have good flatters. <laughs> is, is that does that was that what helps a lot? I, I have one flatter who um, I'm trying to get her to be coloring her own stuff soon. So I, you know, I, she's I, such a resource. You almost don't want to let her yeah. go. You know? Yeah, but she's a friend too. Like I knew her before. You know, and she kind of like I sent out a call recently for. Mm-hmm flatters and she was one of the people that responded and i go you don't want to do this yeah, like this yeah. is a grind yeah and she's like well i'm interested in coloring and i was like all right yeah. so i one time i was gone was trying to figure out what she wanted to do with her life i said have you considered flatting <laughs> and i was like i was like I, so I was like i was like look i watched this 40 minute tutorial on flatting yeah. i think you should check it out like yeah. maybe it's something you could do while you're bored or yeah, something. it's definitely yeah, it's yeah. definitely a grind <laughs> um, my wife has wanted to do it and i was like no i'd be it We'd be at each other's throat yeah. come deadline time because I'd be like, "Where's my pages?" Yeah. <laughs> I used left to... for somebody else, not yeah, 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 yeah. Mess up someone else's deadline, not mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Randy was flatting for me a little bit, but my husband and he, oh my god, he was so slow, and I'm like, <laughs> "Just give me that." So, yeah, that, that was not a successful choice. <laughs> I think they're onto something though, and they have a secret we don't have. It's like you send them stuff and you get it back in an hour. Yeah, well, yeah, and then if I try to do it, it takes me four hours. Exactly, <laughs> I don't I have understand. One guy that I send stuff to, and I know that he sends it to at least three other people because I can <laughs> tell, oh, like yeah. I can tell when he does them all because yeah. everything's a, a consistent color. Right. But then like these other people color people's skins different colors, yeah. and like you could just tell it's not the same person. Right, mm-hmm. but I don't care. Um. And I, I keep going back to Rico because I just did that covers panel. I'm oh, sorry, Chris Brunner with Chris, and he okay. talked. He mentioned you a few times. So, oh. like, he was talking about. Um, <laughs> oh, was it like, oh Rico, or was it oh Rico? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of both. We talked a lot about um, Rico has a pretty your your style stands out. Oh, your yeah. color palette stands out. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris was talking about how you know, ten years ago. You wouldn't you wouldn't have worked with that palette, right? Mm-hmm. And and now like things are starting to move toward into that being way more accepted, like mm-hmm. with yeah, the, the, the fusias yeah. and things like that. Yeah, I, I, work. I can't believe I'm doing like superhero books for Marvel. <laughs> that's awesome. like, yeah. That, yeah, that's weird. And uh, he was talking about um, you know occasionally like you're, some stuff getting rejected because it is still a little too. Yeah, um, we did a, a static shot cover that got tossed out. Wow. Um, 
I don't know. That's my favorite thing. One of my favorite things I've ever done with Chris. It's like just bright pink and neon green and nice. But yeah, they it's too crazy for him. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we talked a lot about with covers. We talked about how it's good for like the whole point of a cover is to stand out. Mm-hmm. So somebody will buy the book or at least pick it up and flip through it. Exactly. And so like with the idea of of a color palette like standing out. Mm-hmm. I think that like we talked about Aja and his covers. Mm-hmm. But um, do you guys think about that? Like when you design covers, do you think a lot about, hey, someone needs to see this as soon as they walk into the comic book store? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely yeah. no brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're on Star Wars. You know, it, doing cover colors, is, it's not easy. And when I started working with Valiant, I did 70 to 80 covers my first year. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> Before that, I had done maybe four covers for Marvel, maybe three for DC. Wow. And, wow. Like and the you were doing interiors, too. And I was doing interiors. So, wow. wow. And the problem I, that never occurred to me until I got to like the, maybe the 10th cover is I got to start thinking of different palettes. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, and <laughs> it, was, it was getting harder and harder to make all of my covers stand out from the next one. And mm-hmm. even when you're, you're working with different artists when you're doing that many, Mm-hmm. And they're all like, explosion, explosion, yeah. explosion, <laughs> explosion. And I'm just like, uh, I can't color them green. Yeah. I can't color them blue. And right. it's like, so I'll end up having like eight covers in a row that are all like explosion orange and yeah. red. And it's like, explosion yellow, explosion orange, explosion like, red. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what, what can I do? Wow. And they, he talked about how um, one of the covers, you did a trick of the lighting so that I can't remember who character it was, but he said he was basically purple. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love making people not what color they're supposed to be. <laughs> it's like local colors, I, I never use it. That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> like gray, gray tree trunks and blue-green leaves and orange sky is like, that's my move. <laughs> that's awesome. Did, um, I guess jumping around because I probably should ask this earlier. But um, we talked a little bit about how you got started coloring. Mm-hmm. But, like, how did you start getting work? Like, what was it? Like, how do you build a portfolio, I guess, as a colorist? Um, well, I got I was lucky because I was on staff. I mean, I was just assigned pages. You know, I, I for the first couple months I was there, I, I basically sat and looked over other colorists' shoulders and watched what they did and kind of, you know, learned the, the ways and means. And then they were like, here, do this this tiny insignificant interior page of, you know, backlash or something. And uh, and I took, oh, I took like a week on that page, man. I was like, I'm going to work this up. Oh, it's going to be gorgeous. And I had no idea what I was doing. So it was it was really convenient being on staff because I wasn't thrown into the mix like, you know, like you guys are where you have to learn on the go. Um, so I, I, I had a pretty easy upbringing, as it were. I'd say if uh, you're starting out and you're trying to build your portfolio just to work on professional quality art like don't don't work on your friend's stuff if you're trying to get professional work yeah yeah. and you know maybe even like take a look at your personal taste if if your personal taste is not what's on the shelves then you know you probably shouldn't work on that stuff yeah i mean you can go online now and you know you can talk to an artist directly say can i have your black and white art because i'm trying to be a colorist and Mm -hmm. a lot of people just send it to you yeah that's that's the first thing i did when i started dabbling in colors is Mm -hmm. i went out and got professional line art because i didn't want it because and that's what I always tell people when they're doing portfolio reviews and they bring up they're like yeah I'm penciling and drawing and it's like well your pencils aren't professional your inks aren't quite professional mm-hmm. your colors might be professional but I, you're you're stacking one on top of one another I don't know how to critique you yeah. so that's things like you you got to start with pro art mm-hmm. and that way they're not judging you based right. on that they're just judging you solely on colors and stuff yeah. like that and you essentially colored something for Nick. 
right? What was the first what was the first professional thing that you colored? Uh the first thing I colored was that Ninja Turtles Krang cover. Yeah. And it wasn't the first thing that came out. The first thing that came out was some uh, Riley Rosmo stuff from Dia de los Muertos. Right, yeah. You did the interiors on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of the – it was more anthology style, so smaller (laughs) stories in there, and I did a few of those. Um, But, yeah, I think a lot of people are really nice. So if you just ask for line art of people that you like, that's the best way to do it. I asked Jimmy Palmiotti for line art, and he sent me a stack. Wow, like an inch thick oh of like gosh. daredevil stuff, and I was like, that, like, but at that point, I didn't know how much I was supposed to color to send in. Oh, so yeah. I'm just like, uh, how big is my portfolio supposed to be? Is it 50 pages? <laughs> two two covers and three sequential pages from two different stories. I actually only colored three <laughs> sequential pages where I got my first gig. Wow. So that was that was learning on the fly. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And now pretty much you guys have been coloring for as long as you have. People see your work and they say, oh, man, I really like this. Mm-hmm. I like this thing that you did. Can you do something like that for this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, finally. So yeah. you just got to get the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah. So, for so long I was getting asked to color like other people. and oh, yeah. It's kind of like you have to put in your dues when you first start out. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's kind of funny, too, because sometimes you'll get a request from an artist who's like, like recently on, on Spawn, John Boy, who draws nothing at all like Olivier Coppel asked me, he was like, I really like what you're doing on Olivia. I'd like to see that on my work. And I'm like, that's not going to work. <laughs> you are a completely different type of artist and you right. need a different approach completely. So, so yeah, I mean, you, you, as a colorist, you got to make that decision, you know, stylistically what's going to work on the various art that you're on. But, uh, but yeah, there's, there was a whole lot of times where, you know, all, all throughout my, my career where, you know, I really liked what such and such colorists did on this book. I want you to do that on my book. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Do you prefer things to be really tight, or do you like a, a like a looser page that when you go to color? Um, if it's the first issue that I've never colored before, I'd really like it to be really tight so I don't have to think too hard, uh, so I can get a feel for it, you know. But um, I, I guess I prefer kind of middle and ground, so there's some room for play, but you know, there's still a clear direction on the page as far as lighting goes and stuff like that, you know. Uh, some artists are super open on that, like you were saying before, you know, where where the colorist is. It's very dependent on the coloring to decide everything on the page. And that's that takes a little bit longer for me to work out because, you know, you've got to let, work out the lighting. You've got to work out the shadows. You've got to work out, you know, the, sh- the, the shaping and molding and, and modeling of things. And that, that, can get, that can get very busy and very time-consuming. And then one thing uh, I didn't mention, we were talking about uh, exclusives. Mm-hmm. Are you still exclusive with John Cassidy? Oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's my exclusive guy. Uh, so, so you have Laura's got exclusive too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got my guy. <laughs> um, yeah, John and I have been working together since uh, before Planetary. We actually worked on a, a little miniseries called Desperados at Wildstorm a million years ago. And uh, <laughs> the only thing we didn't work on together was Captain America, and that was because I was a cross-gen. So that was it, pretty much. And so uh, he announced that he's leaving Star Wars. Are you staying on? Um, I am, and I don't just figure this out in the last couple exclusive. of days, but, um, I, Stuart Eminen is taking over Stuart Eminen and Wade Von Garbager and who actually went to my high school. I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> but they're, uh, they're picking up on issue eight and, um, I did not know what the status was with me because honestly, I'd forgotten that John was only on it for six issues. I thought he was on for 12. So I'm like, <laughs> crap, there's a hole in my schedule. No, um, so I, you know, I asked. I was like, "Hey, you know, I'd love to work with Stuart. I know he's got this other colorist, Marte Gracia, who's fantastic on him. I love the pairing of those guys." 
Um, I was like, I'd love to see Marte take it over, but I also wouldn't mind staying on because I really like Stuart's art and I'd love to work with him again. And I've got all this reference for Star Wars. So, uh, you know, but um, turns out Justin Ponzer is going to be coloring on uh, Stuart. So I'm I'm super okay with that pairing. Uh, Justin's work is fantastic. He's a huge Star Wars nerd. So I think the two of them, Stuart's a huge, I mean, massive nerd Star Wars guy. Yeah. So the two of them. Can, yeah, he's like. Stuff. Yeah, he does. He's he's deep into it. So uh, he knows how they did like all the shots in the movie. Yeah, and, yeah. Like what lenses knows, they use. Oh my God, like, he knows yeah. all. He knows all the equipment. It's down to like the craziest little bits of, of information. So yeah, those two are going to be a great team. And of course, Excellent. wait on the inks. So um, uh, whatever Cassidy does next, I'm sure I'll follow him. Yeah, I will follow you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and, yeah. So. I, I it was it was really fun to work on Star Wars. I'm I'm super glad I did it and um you know of course working with Cassidy was is always great. Um but I'm really curious to see what Justin does on Stuart. That'll be yeah. fun to see. Yeah. So we talked about what you guys you, when you guys introduced yourselves, you talked about kind of the, some of the stuff that you've done. Uh is there anything you guys can talk about that you've got coming down the pipe? What's coming up next for you guys? Well, I mean, for me, I just took Something over from Valiant. Yeah, yeah, something for Valiant. I just took over colors on Imperium starting with like the third issue uh, over Dougie Brathwaite. So we're kind of reuniting since uh, we did a run on Unity that got a bunch of Harvey nominations and stuff. So yeah, that's exciting yeah. for me. But it's also my fourth book. Yeah. So I'm doing a book a week. Yeah. <laughs> that, that guy is me. <laughs> and you've got a kid on top of that. Uh, so, I have yeah. two kids. On two top kids. Of that. That's right. I forgot you had a second one. Yeah. Oh yes, you're you're a busy dad. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Rico, <laughs> Heroes Con's coming up. Heroes Con, Heroes Free Comic Book Day. Free Comic Book Day's coming oh, up. There, yeah, those are crazy events for me. Um, at my day job, and uh, I'm staying on Spider Gwen, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, nice. and Howard the Duck. Yeah. And I'm doing a bunch of covers for a DC thing that's coming up with. Uh, they're doing like Teen Titan Go variants. Oh, so cool. I'm excited to color in the style of Dan Hip. Yeah. Cause I, I love right. that show and his art, so yeah. that'll be fun. So all three of your Marvel books are making it through Convergence? Convergence. Is that Secret what it's called? Wars? What's it called? Secret, Secret Wars. Wars. Convergence is the exactly. Yes, they are going to survive Convergence. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all making it through Secret Wars, all three of your books? I think so. I, think, I know I, they'll probably try to put Gwen in Secret Wars somehow because she's super popular, but yeah. I think uh, Howard the Duck and Squirrel Girl will be pretty much... I didn't see them on the list. Yeah, I didn't see them. I think they'll be kind of out... I don't know. It's cool that Marvel's like taking a chance on some funny books, like some comedy. Yeah. And yeah. DC's doing some new ones too. Like I saw they're doing Batmite and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. some other Bizarro. <laughs> Bizarro, yeah. right? Yeah. I like funny superhero books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. How, I, Howard Ducks was great that first issue. It was pretty mm-hmm. funny. I haven't read them before. Squirrel Girl is John's the, got the first. Squirrel Girl's issues. the funniest book yeah. I work on right now. Yeah. It's very cool. It's yeah, I've heard good things. Ryan's, Ryan's was, a genius. Erica's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fun book. So uh, I don't know if you guys heard the Spider Gwen buzz that there's the whole this is Spider Gwen thing got a little a bit of attention. Um, Rico's wearing his the Mary Jane's shirt. He's mm-hmm. got uh, <laughs> some sketches and stuff he's working on as well. So um, you guys check them out. Uh, audience questions. Who's first? All right, I'm gonna come down here with the microphone. Phil Donahue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I was wondering, you have a character with very simple color, uh, like regular red, white. How would you go about making that more interesting? 
lighting. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, the environmental colors that is going on in the scene and the lighting that you can put on the character. Like, um, you don't have to have the character be in their local or regular daylight colors all the time. If you you can make it more interesting by affecting their colors with uh, like an environment. For instance, let's take Superman and put him in a laboratory. Suddenly, you've got a choice of how you light that laboratory. Is it an evil laboratory? Is it you know something run by some you know crazy you know crazy guy? You know, so you can you can you can tint the character. You can you can put him in the scene by by creating an environment around that character, and that will make it uh, that will fit him in there without him just feeling like he's just you know red and blue. You know, that's usually how I do it anyway. <laughs> or, or you could just make the character boring, <laughs> boring whatever color they are, and just go bonkers on the environment, and just so they would that's stick true. out like a sore yeah. thumb if if they, if it required that. You know, yeah. just two different approaches you could take. Because, like, with the, the Gwen book, I pretty much, she's just white and black, mm-hmm. and she just sticks out wherever she is. I don't I don't light her that much. I wow. kind of keep the white pretty pure. That's cool. Just, I don't know. Or, like, Moon Knight, where they don't even render. Yes. Moon Knight. That's, that's, really that's cool. a good move. Just light them so that they can be purple. Yeah, there you go. That's what I thought he was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris said, he's like, she doesn't look, it's like, didn't look purple, but if you like took like the eyedropper or like, then you're like, it's like purple. Yeah, exactly. If you separate out that color, that's uh, that's the beauty of. of... (laughs) When you're doing your lighting effects in Photoshop, do you use select colors manually or do you use. layer modes, brush modes to create those colors? Mm-hmm. Just how do you do that in your process? Uh, yes, uh, whatever works. Um, for me, I tend to, I have a whole palette of, of colors that I've sort of collected over the years, but I'll often mix my own colors as I go. Um, I'll also use uh, like screen or, or, uh, or hard light mode sometimes, things like that to give a little bit of a different effect. But yeah, usually I do, I, I don't use a whole lot of layers, so I tend to do all my rendering on the background. So I'm I'm constantly choosing my colors as I go along. Yeah. When when I started, I used like screen and multiply. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, uh, from like tutorials that Laura had online. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> as I like got more confident in my colors, then I started color picking. And yeah. you just have so much more control when you can actually pick your own colors. Mm-hmm. So like now now I don't ever do screen or multiply unless yeah. I'm just trying to do like a quick mock up of something. But exactly. Yeah. And all four of you use Photoshop. You know, like yeah. Manga Studio or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, um, yes and no. Yeah. Like, um, well, there's plenty of blend modes that you can use right. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, since I work entirely on the background, I don't I don't have a lot of layers that have those effects on them. Sometimes I'll, if, I, if there's something I'm not sure of, I'll throw in a layer and do a percentage or, you know, tint something or whatever. But But generally speaking, you know, if I'm... If I'm confident on where the page is going, I usually just work straight on the background and, and just color as I go. How many layers? Oh, okay. No, go ahead. I don't. Um, I have a Cintiq. I did not like it. And the reason why was because I had one arm up here on the on the drawing, you know, on the surface, and one arm on my keyboard, and I had massive trouble with my neck. And I've tried to set it down. I've tried to move it, and I just couldn't get in a comfortable position. So I just went back to my, my old, uh, you know, my tablet. How many layers do you end up with? You guys have like just massive lists of layers. We're like into the real grid three. now. Usually three, maybe yeah. four. Yeah. Um, I have my, the background is all the coloring. I have a layer one that's the line art. 
and I have a, a layer for my color holds where I'm actually color holding the line art, and then I have a layer for glows. That's usually my standard. Yeah, same here. I have three or four, but like usually my bottom layers is my flats. Mm-hmm. So then it's like renders, so line art, layer. and yeah. then effects. Yeah. I'm not as confident as these guys are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I usually have, you know, the the flats. And again, I do mainly cell shading. So I'll have a, a low light layer and a highlight, which mm-hmm. I could technically do all on the same layer. Mm-hmm. But I like being able to turn stuff on and off to oh, see yeah. if it made a difference. Because sure. half the time I'm like, wow, I just spent an hour doing that. It looks exactly the same. <laughs> and then you turn the layer off. You're like, oh, no, that does look better. So, so I'm... Not That's quite cool. where where you guys are, but I mean it's still minimal. It you know it's each each thing has a layer, just low, mm-hmm. high, flat line. So, are you eventually going to move into coloring as your full time gig, Megan? Oh yeah. Um, I you know I I don't know I I think I like having some multiple kind of things free to time. do. Revenue. I don't, I don't really have I don't really have a whole lot of free free time, but. Uh, <laughs> Do you enjoy sleep? I, I was thinking, you know, <laughs> yeah. insurance and four hundred one k. Yeah, no, that's I, mean, what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I like I like the science stuff too, so I don't I don't that's know cool. that I would 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 give that up. Yeah. I'm full time. I'm full time. Yeah, we are nine. We to have five. other gigs. Yeah, nine to fivers. <laughs> but you could be full time. Well, that's very flattering of you to say. I mean, you're <laughs> working. You're doing I'm, three I'm, books. That's full time. That's my full time. I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah, I do. And I think it also helps that um, because because the nature of our work, we can do more than one page a day. So we can have more than one book a month. You know, we can actually do more work than your standard pencil or ink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or four. Yeah. So, yeah, you can make a living at it. (laughs) And for me, I don't put as much time aside for coloring, you know, as I have engineering daytime and coloring night. So. I just feel like um, with, with me, it's always been a matter of being able to pick and choose what you work on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if if my full time job was coloring, I'd probably take some jobs that I didn't necessarily want to take just to sure. keep yeah. busy. Yeah. Sell out. <laughs> Never. Yeah. Uh, I have my own studio at home. Yeah. Like, so do I. I have separate room in my house, own. Yeah. My own space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Pretty much. Now, I've had studio spaces before. I've shared studio spaces with the Gaijin guys, uh, you know, for several years there. I've shared studio spaces with guys like Butch Geis and uh, Mike Perkins and those guys when I was living in Tampa. So, yeah, I've had studios before where I've shared space with other artists. Um, and I actually prefer that because I think it's it's more um, creative. And also it's a place where I can go and work and then come home and my home life is separate. Whereas here it all just kind of whooshes together. And, uh, yeah, so I'm... If if I could do a studio again, I would for sure. So pros and cons. Yeah, there. Are, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, you get to work in your underwear, and that's fine. So you know. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you might get paired up in a studio with people that aren't quite as productive as you. Are. <laughs> this is also true. And then it's, you guys want to play ping pong? Yeah. 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 It's like, uh, and then when I come in and chat with you all the time. Yeah. yeah, that happens too. So there is the disadvantage of that. Any other questions? Um, oh. You guys are working on scenery. Uh, I I have a ton of reference myself. I I use a lot of inspiration. So um, especially with city scenes, because I don't live in, I mean, I live in Atlanta, but I don't live in the city. So I don't have the advantage of, of, oh yeah, sure. This is exactly what the city looks like. So, you know, I have, like I said, I've got like a million photos that I pull offline or I take a lot of my own photography. Um, I have a lot of, uh, um, you know, landscapes and stuff like that, that I've done my own photographs for. So 
uh, and I just use those as inspiration. I don't, you know, it's not like I take the photo and, and blop it in and, and adjust it because that's cheating. Um, so, no, I just, I, I use them for inspiration. So I've got, you know, if I need a, a mountain scene on a sunset, you know, I've got some reference for that. If I'm coloring Tatooine at dusk, you know, I, I look up some stuff from, you know, from the Sahara or something, you know, it's, it's all. It, it has like the two suns. The two suns, yeah. yeah. So I got to make sure I get that second sun, you know, the right color. But, uh. Yeah, so I, I use a ton of reference for that, and that just helps me make decisions faster as far as coloring goes. Um, I could make everything up on the fly. I, I know enough at this point to do that, but it helps to make sure I'm getting things right. Or if there's something I'm not familiar with rendering, like a specific type of car or uh, you know something that um, I, I do absolutely need reference for, I will have it right there. So Yeah, it's just like, just like penciling. You get to find reference. It's best to work from real life. It's already there. Yeah. I'm much of a... With my style, I'm very, I'm the guy that uses local lighting and uh, true color. And <laughs> I'm, I'm the opposite of Rico. He's my, he's my nemesis. So I'm the boring guy. But uh, so I reference everything. And I, I mean, my father's a painter and that's, he paints realistic boats and stuff like that. That's the yeah, way awesome. I was raised. So that's how I've always approached my work is I find reference. And um, what I end up doing is I end up coloring everything just normal. And then I go in afterwards and I adjust to the different lightings using kind of like post-production, like in a film, how mm -hmm. they go and they adjust like, well, we'll make this a rainy nighttime scene. And they filmed it like 12 noon in Atlanta you know, <laughs> on a bright, sunny day. And then I'll go and adjust it and do all that stuff afterwards, kind of like post-production. Hmm. That's cool. How do you organize those libraries of references? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're not. So many, so many folders, so many folders, so many subfolders. Uh, yeah, I've got like my nature folder then then also has, you know, like. Uh, or I've got uh, my elements folder, for instance, has, you know, water, rain or explosions, fire, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I have everything very well organized. And then invariably, I end up just going on Google Images and searching for something anyway. So. Yeah, my, I usually do mine like on the fly as I'll just Google and I just drag images to my desktop yeah. and then work on it. And then when I'm done with that issue, just delete, check it out. delete, delete, delete. Yeah. Yeah, others, I think I'm going to let them go. Um, back, wrapping up to the end of the con. Um, thank you guys for coming and spending time with us and talking about your craft and all that. Thank you guys and, for coming uh, out. Appreciate it. You know, check these guys out. If you have any further questions, you want to talk about any of their stuff, they have stuff with them. Mm -hmm. They're all set up down on the floor, except Megan. She's roaming around. Uh, she just came to grace us with her presence, she which does. I she's appreciate. She's going to set up next to me. Tomorrow. Oh, she's going to be next to Rico. Awesome. Oh, yeah, there's a, yeah, well, Fredo. <laughs> there's house. a spot right next to Rico. Yeah, maybe I can swing by later in the afternoon tomorrow. <laughs> I got I to gotta do a house hunting thing with my realtor tomorrow morning. <laughs> So maybe we'll see Megan here tomorrow. Um, but thank you guys for coming out, and uh, thank you guys for coming to the panel. Yeah, thank you guys. Check out their tables. They're they're all kind of clustered in the same area, kind of. Seven hundreds. Yeah, seven hundreds, six hundreds. Yep, eight hundred. Are you way over there? Whatever. And then Rico. Okay, but um, <laughs> thanks for stopping by, and uh, thank you. And uh, check out their stuff, and ask some questions, and visit them. And I'm recording this, and you can check it out at www.thedollarbin.net. There's little postcards and stuff everywhere. Feel free to pick it up and uh, follow up with all this stuff. Thanks, 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 thanks everybody. <laughs> I know it's lovely orange piece of paper.